0: Welcome everybody back to Be Kind Rewind. My name is Gabe. I'm Logan, and I'm Kyle, and we have a special guest sitting in on today's episode. My partner in crime on another show called Character Work, Mr. Shane King. How's it going? Hey there, Shane. How's how's life for you? Uh, it's going pretty well. You seen any movies lately? Uh yeah, I've seen a few. That's cool. We're gonna talk about 2006 <laughs> movies though. So <laughs> oh, I'm not prepared. Oh god. <laughs> so um, a, I thought a lot of good movies came out this year. A lot of surprisingly good movies, and we'll when we'll get, we'll get there when we get to our, our top tens. I was say, quite a few great
1: movies too. I mean, this was yeah. right about the time, and we we're, we're about the same age. This was about the time I was you know I was 18 I was in college I was out and about and I was yeah. seeing a lot of movies for kind of the first time in my life. So this this year moving forward I have so many movies that I love that I liked that are worth talking about um Yeah. Yeah, so I I hope everybody's down for a long one.
0: I I will completely agree with that. Um there were three movies in my top 10 that I would consider in my top 50 of all time. That's how good of a year this was. So, But we'll get there when we get there. Um, let's just talk about the honorable mentions, ones that didn't quite crack the top ten. Um, I like this movie. Um, they're coming out with uh, – these guys are coming out with another movie uh, this year. This barely missed my top ten. It, it actually was on my top ten until I saw uh, another movie uh, just two days ago. Um <laughs> Beerfest. It is by the by the uh, Broken Lizard guys. Uh, same guys that did Super Troopers are coming out with Super Troopers too. Looking forward to that one actually. It's just a dumb comedy, um, and it t- doesn't try to go for anything serious. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Um, but it really just kind of okay. makes me laugh. And I've seen it because this came out when I was in college, and so and it was on HBO all the time. And and we lived in a household that had HBO, so needless to say, we watched it pretty much every time it was on so I've seen this movie probably 30 times and I could probably quote maybe the whole thing but but uh, <laughs> I'll save you that uh, kind of despair because can we, can we
1: take a moment too to acknowledge the missed opportunity of not calling Super Troopers 2 Super Toopers with the number 2 oh. I mean come on
0: Son of a Somebody's gun! Somebody's not doing their job. Yes, well, they really dropped the ball on that.
2: <laughs> Shane's just
1: glaring at you
2: right now. <laughs> no,
1: I mean that's that's fair. He's jealous. I'm
2: just jealous of the pun. Um,
1: you know, it was it was just it was right there. Uh, no, no, I don't think this made anybody else's list either, top ten wise. And I'm a little sad because I really like this movie. But uh, so Slither came out this year. Uh, yeah. Little little not not uh, kind of small medium release horror movie. That was the directorial debut or feature directorial debut of James Gunn. Yep. Um. You know he was coming off of just a few years ago writing the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um. And this was you know the first movie that he got given. And actually I think it was another four or five years before he directed another feature when he did Super. Um. He's he's not if if you go back and look he hasn't directed that many movies but this was it put him on my radar. I mean it was hilarious. It was creepy. It was kind of gross. It was not a great film. But it was a surprisingly good film out of nowhere that I was not expecting.
0: Is that David Arquette? Or is that another one?
3: No, that uh, Nathan Fillion, and of course, being a James Gunn movie, of course, uh, Michael
0: Rooker. Michael Rucker. Uh, yes. The classic. But yeah, um, another movie that didn't quite make anybody's top 10, um, a, another movie that I've seen about 30 or 40 times is Borat. Um, I remember when this movie came out, it swept the nation. It was a movie one of its kind. They tried to replicate it with Bruno, which failed miserably in my opinion. Um, But it's just where Sacha Baron Cohen dressed up as a foreign kind of, I don't know, um, I was going to say diplomat, but that's another movie of his, Um, where he's just kind of a tourist and he's trying to just just kind of see a bunch of stuff on American culture and uh points out that a lot of people are racist or a lot of people who are um humor coaches just aren't don't have a sense of humor at all um and there was some uh scripted things in there too with the Pamela Anderson thing and his and his buddy but uh for the most part it was kind of a hidden hidden prank kind of movie it
1: was yeah it very much captured lightning in a bottle i yeah. mean that movie came out of nowhere blindsided everybody with a huge hit and like you said they tried to replicate it with bruno and after that failed he kind of eased away from it what was it the ambassador was the, the other one the one. dictator was the dictator yes which, again, you know, moved more into scripted and yes. less into the kind of, you know, improv. And, again, wasn't good either. So it kind of makes you wonder what what they did right with Borat that they've missed ever since. Right. Uh, but hilarious movie.
0: I was going to say, The Dictator starring our buddy Shane, um, Jason Manzoukas. Zooks Dukes.
2: Yeah, I think the thing that worked well for uh, Borat was the fact that it was a surprise at the time. Mm-hmm. While well, the other ones trying to recreate that, I mean, the the shock value of the shock movie was gone.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, any other movies that came out that anybody wants to mention?
3: Um, I wanted to mention mostly just to make fun of them. Uh, <laughs> this is also the year that Crank came out. Yeah, not
1: where I thought you were going.
3: But nope. so much oh, to make no, oh no, no. There's this year. there's another movie that we're definitely <laughs> going to make fun of. Uh, but this is also a you know family friendly PG podcast, so I can't. <laughs> not say what the I was thinking because this
1: this was the year of the great. DC Marvel swap debacle. So Brian Singer leaves the X Men franchise to no, direct the awful Superman, Superman Returns. Returns, which is this year, and replacing him is Brett Ratner oh, directing the awful, equally awful, or even more awful X Men Three: The Last Stand.
0: Yeah, there's not a Just... lot to like about Brett Ratner these days. No, no, there, there really was there ever though. Yeah, I it mean, like, like, there really was never. I
1: can think of. Two good movies that he's done,
0: which are Rush, Rush Hour. Hour and
1: Red Dragon. Yeah.
0: Oh, I was yeah. gonna say Rush Hour and Rush Hour Two. Uh,
1: yeah. Rush Hour Two. Uh, it was all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, a couple of really bad superhero movies this year. Um, I don't even think there were any good superhero movies this year. Um, but I these were. Agree. This was back in the days in when 06. they only made two or three every year instead of yeah. 12. In
3: In Oh Six, that's because
0: all of the good superhero movies were two years later. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, oh, yeah, Be- like yeah. It, we only had like two or three um, superhero movies being released. I've I looked at my top ten for this year already. I think six of my top ten are superhero movies. This year being 2017. This year being yes, 2017. <laughs> Correct, and uh, so that just goes to show how many superhero movies they're releasing, which are good quality. Um, but
2: but yeah.
3: Uh, but no, the obviously the movie I was talking about earlier that's my last honorable mention was Snakes on a Plane. Yes. <laughs> so
2: good. One of the best. It's not on anybody's list? No. Just, just outside. Just outside just, my just, top just ten. To uh, the one movie that would be in my top, because I spoiler alert, I didn't make a top ten list. I'm just going to comment on theirs. But one that would be in mine that wasn't on any of yours was Stranger Than Fiction.
1: And that—that that is definitely on my runner's up list. That was a very surprising movie to me. I don't love Will Ferrell. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I'm not a big fan of his comedic work. This was this was an interesting one. It was quirky, it was funny, it wasn't I mean, it was kind it was a comedy. It,
2: it was, was a more subtle a comedy, comedy than he's used but to. But it them. was it
1: was subtle comedy, and it was you know, they were just making fun of me for, for liking Michelle Gondry. It was Michelle Gondry esque. It was an odd, surreal, almost slipstream sort of a movie. Um, and Dustin Hoffman is in it, who's terrific as always. Emma Thompson is always fantastic. Um
2: I mean, a great ensemble cast, a, a fun movie, uh, and one that it kind of snuck up because it wasn't a big hit. It had a lot of stars. It wasn't a big hit. Um, it was just – it was kind of uh, – it, it's sweet and funny.
1: I think, I think the biggest reason it didn't make my top ten list and my only reservation with it is it digs itself a very big hole. It tells a great story through two acts, but then it backs itself into a corner that it can't get out of without – a, sacrificing a little bit of its integrity. It's not the kind of movie, and this, I don't think this is really a spoiler. It's a light, kind of breezy movie. It's not going to have okay. a bleak ending. No. But it was headed towards a bleak ending, and they had to kind of sacrifice that to not be really depressing out of nowhere, and it didn't quite land for me.
2: Yeah, if if they went with the bleak ending, it would have been a better movie in whole, but it wouldn't have fit the tone.
1: Right, right. So they they kind of did themselves a disservice there. So it doesn't quite all come together, which is why it's just outside my top ten, but I do enjoy it. I've seen it a couple of times. Hmm.
3: I'll have to check it out.
0: Um, so,
3: should we get into the top tens, then?
0: Sure. Just looking over my list, and there's not really a whole bunch of standouts for uh. You, uh bunch of other standouts for honorable mentions i mean there, um, there were
1: a lot of good movies i mean invincible yeah. i liked this year um the illusionist was this year that was kind of fun mm. um you had nacho libre nobody laughed i enjoyed it i liked it i know you I hated actually... napoleon dynamite no what me no, really i love oh, i napoleon thought you dynamite. hated it okay no, all right so i think yeah. that was in my top 10 so yeah nacho libre was this year fun movie
0: um, I love me some Napoleon. is that that's the same director that's yes, yes, Jared okay. Hess. Yes. Gotcha. Are those the only two movies he's done?
1: No, he had Masterminds was just a year or two oh, ago. Oh, is that him?
0: Okay. Um, and
1: I feel like there was one more in between those, but I don't remember what it was. Maybe there wasn't. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Sweet. Let's Let's jump right. let's in, jump uh, in. Gabe, what potatoes. is your 10th favorite movie of My 10th favorite
0: movie. This will come as a shock to most. It came as a shock to myself. Um, the Holiday, starring Cameron Diaz, <laughs> Kate Winslet um Jack Black and um oh boy Jude, Jude Law. Law Jude Law plays the perfect human being by the way in this movie So he plays Jude Law. He plays Jude Law. He, he is introduced as kind of a playboy kind of guy who has sex with Cameron Diaz on their first encounter because that's what Jude Law does. And then like she's like I'm not going to fall in love with him blah 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 she ends up falling in love with him because Spoilers. that's what, that's what happens. Well it's in the it's in the friggin' trailer. Um and then it's um, really early in the movie, too, yes, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. exactly. And then um, there's a something that I won't spoil that happened halfway through the movie, um, which makes Judah even more of a perfect human. And so, yeah, is it the skateboarding um, dog. He, he was the one who filmed it. It was amazing. Um, and so it, I didn't expect to lo- like this. I don't know. Oh, I expected to like it. I didn't expect to love it. Um, it is. It's a holiday movie that doesn't really focus on the actual christmas day itself which is kind of nice um and uh i they were telling two different stories and i was thinking because okay so the premise is um kate winslet lives in england and she goes to la um to live in cameron diaz's house while cameron diaz lives in england in kate winslet's house they're doing a -a swaparoo and um during the holiday season um hence the name of the movie and they were telling two different love stories and i was thinking why these Two stories are completely unrelated, and the only thing they have in common are the fact that they're in each other's house. Uh, And then they wrapped it up very nicely at the end. There was a very charming sub-story about um, old Hollywood in general um, with Kate Winslet and her her, uh, kind of uh, friendship with an old Hollywood producer. And uh, it was just... I loved it, and uh, it ended perfectly, and... I would actually recommend you go see it because it's an over 2 hour movie um and it's a it's a romantic comedy but it was a very well done one. Hence why it cracked my top 10 in 2006, which was a good year for movies.
2: It was a romantic comedy that was over 2 hours?
0: Yeah. Wow. It exactly. is a little bit of a long movie. A little a little bit. There was a maybe a scene or two I would take out. Um but yeah it was but it had a great ending and uh great characters and all all of the above so and and Cameron Diaz was charming as she's ever been which is saying a lot because she's a great actress in my opinion
3: yeah and i think why why it ends up being a little longer is instead of like for most romantic co- uh, comedies that focus on two couples it's like an a plot b mm-hmm. plot whereas this was kind of a double a
0: like they kept exactly. them pretty much equal time the double A plus the subplot B with the old Hollywood uh, yeah. producer too. So that there was a third storyline and thrown in there. But what do you got for number ten, Kyle? Uh,
3: my number ten is uh, the last. I was I was about to say last good Rocky movie, but Creed is amazing. <laughs> I it was going to say um, uh, Rocky Balboa. Okay, like make very much making up for the misstep that was Rocky Five. Oh. Um, and just telling the story a very personal story it seemed of you know this aging fighter trying to do one last i think that was the
1: smart thing about it too rocky 5 was still trying to be young rocky in in weird ways Mm -hmm. that didn't work because he was clearly old rocky rocky balboa was where they finally embraced it they were like he's not a young fighter anymore uh yeah
3: yeah it's like you you focus more on the relationship with his son than really anything else and it's a fantastic mm-hmm. dichotomy between Sylvester Stallone and Milo Ventimiglia who plays the son uh, and then uh, to, uh, as well. to, to me uh, as, a, as a fan of combat sports mm-hmm. and mixed martial arts and boxing mm-hmm. and stuff uh, I love how they shot it mm-hmm. um, it wasn't quite as good uh, as a, a movie we'll talk about in later years The Fighter who literally, yeah. like, the fighter were very smart and and had HBO Sports just shoot the, mm. the boxing fight live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's a good idea. Did Creed and,
2: do
0: that too, or no?
2: It's kind of the style Creed went with, but it wasn't exactly the same. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah it wasn't okay. exactly the same. Like, they didn't get the full-on HBO crew, okay. but um, it was... And Rocky kind of has that same... Rocky Balboa has about that same vibe as well. But, yeah, just a, a really good more intimate story like i said it, focuses. it still has
1: it's still a little cheesy it's still a little oh, hokey yeah. uh, which is something that you know creed really gets away from and is probably the best rocky movie other than rocky um but rocky balboa it, it feels like the early franchise you know it feels yeah. like the the characters are themselves again yeah
3: because and you get the the life isn't all sunshine and rainbows monologue from sylvester stallone which is cheesy but also heart- heartfelt
1: Say so, yeah, so. having Stallone monologue is always a tough sell. Yeah. <laughs> it is.
3: It is, but that's a well written monologue at least. So. And he mumbles it great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Gabe, what's your top or uh, number? Or Logan, what's your number ten?
1: Yeah, no, my uh, tenth favorite movie of the year, and I don't have a ton to say about it because it's been a while since I've seen it. It's uh, the Last King of Scotland. Ah. Um, I, I saw it when it came out. I was blown away by it. it tells the story of a doctor played by James McAvoy, who becomes the, you know, personal physician to, you know, Edie Amin, played by Forrest Whitaker. Um, it's a movie that is largely carried by, you know, two large personalities and performances. Um, Forrest Whitaker obviously is amazing and terrifying as Edie Amin. Yep. And, you know, James McAvoy is James McAvoy. He's, I don't think I've ever seen anything where he was the bad part of it. Yep, exactly. Um, and it, it tells an interesting story. Yeah. Um, but really, largely see it just because of how well Forrest Whitaker embodies Edie. I he's terrific. This
2: is James
0: McAvoy before Wanted. His breakout. I was about to say this is uh, early
2: McAvoy. I don't think it's before it's, it's Wanted. It's just before Wanted. I thought because,
1: Wanted was
0: two thousand five. No, two thousand eight. Two uh, thousand eight. Yep.
3: 2008. 2008, 2008, okay. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's before because I that was the thing he you got so much publicity on Forrest Whitaker's performance, mm-hmm. rightfully so. That a lot of people didn't point out. It's like, well, the guy opposite him and all say these the white guy is, is
1: good too. Is pretty good,
3: <laughs> yeah, you know? Damn it. Um, but obviously Forrest Whitaker in that performance. Oscar winner, yeah, Oscar winner, er, and just completely amazing performance.
1: Just, and then, and I think this is higher on some of your lists, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I'm just going to mention my number nine, and we'll get to it later, uh, which is Casino Royale. Um, you know, kind of the reinvention of the Bond franchise. That is also my number nine.
2: So where is uh, Kyle? Um, uh, my Kyle, number nine. We, we
3: again uh, will will just number mention nine. it uh, in his V for Vendetta. So my number eight uh, will because we'll mention <laughs> those two movies later. Uh, my number eight is a movie that's not on either of your lists, but I know Logan likes it as well. Uh, Mission Impossible Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked it. It was my number 12. It's the the first JJ Abrams or first and only JJ Abrams Mission Impossible. Uh what was it his first feature film as a director?
0: I Think so? I want to say so. I know so.
3: He, I knew he did, had done a bunch of TV before He'd and lost. obviously written a lot of It was definitely uh, his aliens. first high-profile yeah. directorial um feature. but and it after the huge misstep Again, much like the Rocky <gasps> franchise, the huge misstep of Mission Impossible 2, mm-hmm. um, kind of going back and grounding the series. As oh, that's oddly an interesting as, word to use. I Yeah, I was like, as odd as that sounds for that, but you just, you know, strip it back down to the basics. You know, it's Tom Cruise on this mission, and it's you impossible. have an incredibly uh, provocative and... And fantastic performance from Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, as, as one, the yeah. as the villain.
1: Well, you also have something that always jumps out at me about this movie every time I rewatch it is how good Carrie Russell is in a tiny little role. Yeah, she's, yeah. In she's not in it scene. for very uh, much of yeah, the movie, you're... but she just grabs you and pulls you in, and that's something the second movie was missing. There was nobody you cared about. It didn't yeah, let yeah. you get to know any characters even you know tom cruise you didn't really care about him because it it was john woo it was let's make an action movie john woo was the star of you know mission impossible 2 um and and mission impossible 3 does some very jj abrams things you know he has the kind of mystery box that the whole movie revolves around that you know he's never going to tell you what's actually going on which i don't like about his storytelling which is why i don't like this movie quite as much as you do Mm -hmm. but it's a great action movie and a really good entry into the franchise
0: Spoiler alert! I love J.J. Abrams, but he is going to break out into some great movies in the upcoming years, and we will gladly talk debate those movies. Yes, we will
1: argue about that then. Both of them will
0: star in the in the title. All of them will
1: star. No, even the Super Super Eight and um,
3: and,
0: um, Cloverfield. uh,
1: Yeah, but he didn't direct Cloverfield. Matthew Reeves directed Cloverfield.
0: Oh, you're right. Okay, you're right hate it when you're right I'm just I gonna, know that's
1: why you're so angry all the time <laughs> my,
0: my number eight was just mentioned as well but I think it's coming up at uh, another person's uh, or next uh slot the V for Vendetta um uh the less I say about this movie the better because it's been a long time since I've seen it I but I do remember it being just a really well done kind of a kind of a thriller and
1: that's yeah we'll we'll jump on that in a second because that's coming yeah, well, up I think my number 7. Yes. So, let's touch on my number eight first. So, number 8, and I don't think this was on either of your lists. I don't know if either of you have even seen this. I have The not Descent. Seen I've seen this. So, it terrific movie from yes. Neil Marshall, um coming off of I believe uh, Dog Soldiers was the name of the movie. He made a fairly yes. low budget werewolf movie about a bunch of soldiers out in the woods. It was pretty good, um but it was evident that he could do a lot more if he had a kind of a better budget. And this and movie does. had some more financing behind it and it was it was terrific. Um, it's a horror movie, uh, but it's a horror movie that that does it right. Instead of throwing a bunch of supernatural crap at you, it's a horror movie where the scariest thing might be the creatures in the underground caves. Sure, but it might also be the women who are down there spelunking. Um, it's it, it's it's just a wonderful psychological horror film um, that just it, it'll get under your skin. I, I I don't think I've watched it since it came out uh, because it it worked so well. It it. Put me on edge. I don't know, Shane. What? What do you have to say? Um, I I
2: really enjoyed this movie. I thought that it. I wouldn't put it in my top ten for the year because I felt like it fell off a little bit at the end with the because they got away from the psychological of being in the caverns and bring then bringing the monsters out in the forefront. Well,
1: so there were multiple endings, and that's something that throws me about this movie. There were Mm. two. There was a UK ending and a US ending one of them was good one of them sucked yes and i can't remember which is which cuz it was so I long i saw ago the now. bad
2: one because okay. it's it's the one where they get they like i said they get away from the psychologicalness of it and it's just straight up like monster Slasher. attack yeah, yeah. Um, which, and that one which wasn't was an okay great
1: okay part of the movie but
2: yeah but but the the parts that i liked about it was the fact that you didn't know what was what was in the darkness or if there was anything in the darkness for a long time in there you just right. knew that it was that it was this it might have been in their own head because they were in this this tunnel that they were trapped in, yeah. and it, it was fun. It was it well fun. It was it was uh, <laughs> affecting. A, yeah, it was effective. I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie.
1: Well, I, and I was thinking about it, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some things, but I always go back to The Descent as kind of the last horror movie that I really liked because horror movies have become so generic. They're either the Saw hostile slasher tactic or the every supernatural horror movie ever tactic. Where they just throw random, you know, paranormal activity at you and expect it to be scary and make sense. This was a movie that had very strict rules for its world and what was going on, and it stuck to them. Um, yeah, no, I, I really like this movie, and yeah, kind of want to rewatch it. Um, and then my number seven, so we can all talk about it now, Yay. is V for Vendetta. Okay. Um, which, yeah,
0: who wants to start? I'll just get my two cents out of the way. I thought it was really good and uh the mask was uh cool.
1: <laughs> Thank you there, Gabe.
0: <laughs> Thoughtful insight. Scintillating again. Again, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, but I do remember it being very good. So, um uh what's his name? What's his name? Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. You got no Weaving, wrong yeah. in my uh, opinion. Even in bad Red movies, skull. even in bad movies, he's uh good in them. Um so there's that.
3: Yeah, okay. I uh, I have not watched it this year, but I pretty much have a tradition of every Guy Fawkes Day. Of, yep, <laughs> uh, every November fifth, watching this movie. But I was busy, too busy to do it this year. But yeah, it's because um, as a big comic book fan, I've read and enjoyed the original, you know, graphic novel that it's based off of. I like, a, I hear a Alan
1: Moore loved this movie.
3: <laughs> He, I mean they did change the tone. They
1: always do but he is notoriously yeah. pissy about film adaptations yes. of his work to the point where he now has his name removed from yep. every single one of them. and Which I think is, is fairly unfair. I like to look well again I mean we'll talk uh, in, in the coming years here I believe yeah. about a Neil Gaiman adaptation yes. and I like to contrast those two because he is notoriously gracious. No, you know, oh, he is like, always says the best things even when the movie versions are obviously kind of crummy. Yep. He is just has nothing but kind words for the filmmakers working to adapt them. Yeah. Um, so, and Alan Moore is exactly the opposite. And yep. in, in the case of V for Vendetta, I think it's very unfair. They may have made a different movie from the comic, yes. but they made a good one.
3: Yes, they did. Uh, you know, obviously Natalie Portman's fantastic mm-hmm. in it. So many other it it really utilizes the great British character actors. Stephen
1: Fry, Stephen Rea,
0: um, All the Stevens.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh, Roger Allman, mm-hmm. who's the voice, is, is an amazing performance, just in that little role. Um, and,
1: yeah, it's... And it's very visually arresting. This was back, so it's produced by the Wachowski brothers. Yep. This was, I think, their first project in any capacity after The Matrix, other than maybe the Animatrix. Uh, yeah. You know, Matrix the Matrix and the Matrix sequels. Yeah, The Matrix um, and...
3: And, so, and yeah, this was and,
1: back when I still kind of had some hope that they might be good filmmakers um, I credit this movie in yeah, retrospect to James McTeague Speed Racer, right? who directed it yep. um, and uh, what has James McTeague done since V Vendetta anything I've been wondering that yeah I, I don't see his name uh, yeah no and often. I remember after this movie I was like this guy's gonna be everywhere this is terrific but I kind of think it's another Matrix situation where it was just a perfect storm of things coming together and you can't credit it to the filmmakers as much that sounds really harsh yeah. But I don't know that the Wachowskis knew what they had with the Matrix. It was a great movie. Yeah. I can but see that. Then they made the sequels, which kinda say to me, Oh, they they didn't get what they had. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I feel like V Vendetta might be something similar. I don't uh, think the
0: sequels, the Matrix, maybe the studios had some kind of say in that to make it more action. I don't think
1: so actually I, I think uh, and now I could be wrong I don't know the inner workings of Warner Brothers but my guess is after the success of The Matrix the Wachowski brothers probably had carte blanche to do what they wanted if anything the studio was probably more involved with the first one my guess is they were kept in check and the sequels are more what they wanted to do Okay. Um, I remember watching some, some interviews with them and just listening to what they said going you know it, it, it's about robots versus kung fu and stuff like that oh. that just made me go you don't really this is this is this was your vision um so i'm not sure why the matrix was great it was i love the matrix but yeah,
3: yeah. Um, but yeah v fair vendetta what we were
0: talking about was actually it was very well done as well mm-hmm. also came out with a new uh, way to cook your breakfast which i really appreciated <laughs> which is uh, a piece of bread in the pan and put a piece of egg in it got yourself uh what's it called i i the i Tote don't know in the hole?
2: Egg
0: toast, egg toast, egg toast, egg toast, <laughs> egg toast. Um, and then that was your number seven. Oh, my number seven, That's yes. Seven. My number seven uh, is a movie that is still available on Netflix. Um, it is a early Ryan Gosling. It's called Half Nelson. He um, plays a teacher who is also addicted to um, uh, heroin and it's about his his friendship that he uh, strikes up with one of his students and she's also going through some stuff in her life and it's just a really well done and smaller kind of movie that took me by surprise of how much i like it i have a lot of uh friends in um education and that's a it's a really polarizing movie for them either like some of them really liked it but others just kind of hated it because i don't know why uh, well, probably because there's a teacher who's clearly being addicted to uh, heroin who's still teaching. Um, so it strikes a little too close to home for your friends. Exactly, exactly. And so, um, but it was early Gosling, and you kind of see why he became a star. Uh, it, he's doing less wooden acting and more just being addicted to heroin. And it's it's really good. Um, and there was a scene in, in the middle that really just... It just grabbed me and uh made it that much better of a movie um so just check it out it's still on Netflix and uh it's worth it it's it's less than two hours so it's not even that uh, that long of a movie
2: it's the Fair start enough. I don't of know Gosling. I don't know
0: who directed it sorry <laughs> no.
2: it's the start of Gosling's big indie run because right after this was also Lars in the, the real yeah
0: that's right that's right
3: yeah his his little indie run and then retirement yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna make movies anymore. Oh yeah. wait. Oh, I wait. keep making some movies.
0: Yeah. Uh so is, I'll do- did he retire? Or save his like,
1: No, he said he was going to. He was he, like, I, I'm I'm burned out. I don't want to make any oh more movies. Gosh. That was, I think that was right around the time of like Place Beyond the Pines and Drive that he was talking yeah, about. I was,
3: it. No, it was before because uh, it was Gangster
1: well, Squad. But those movies were, I remember those trailers yeah. were like on the horizon. It was like this, these are going to be his last yeah. movies
0: if he goes through with this. Yeah. Wow. That, I did not even hear about that. Yeah.
1: I, I think he actually
3: took a year off from filming stuff. It's just because of releases. Yeah. He didn't feel like he retired. Um, but my my number seven, I'll just mention because I know it's higher on uh, your guys's lists, and that's Little Miss Sunshine. The
1: yeah, mystery. and we can we can jump in with that. I don't know where it is on your list, Gabe. That's my number six. So we yeah, can we can dive right in with actually, that. Actually, you, you are too. the top man. Let's
3: just on chat about yes. it. Yep. Um,
1: so Kyle, go ahead.
3: Uh, so yeah, Little Miss Sunshine. Uh, quirky little family comedy I have been notorious on this podcast for not enjoying Steve Carell uh, and in life just not enjoying Steve Carell that's why That's why I didn't like The Office <gasps> um, but he's really good in this movie terrific yeah. uh, this is, despite the fact that he's pretty much mute for n- 90% of this movie Paul Dano's yeah. amazing mm-hmm. in this movie uh Abigail Breslin is of course yep you know just adorable uh Tony Collette Tony mm-hmm.
1: Collette always
3: good um, Greg Kinnear yep yeah, Greg Kinnear and oh
0: boy we're being pulled over yeah
3: <laughs> just amazing cast and yeah just oh yeah. quirky and fun so what are your thoughts on it
1: no i i i completely agree for me it was really It was the the plot line. There's a lot going on. It really tells a story for each of its characters. And for me, it was Paul Dano and Steve Carell, kind of their intertwining storylines that sold it for me. Um, I would say the main plot line, if there is a main plot line, is Abigail Breslin and kind of the family, you know, taking a cross-country trip to get her to uh, a dance recital. Um, And that one, you know, that that storyline worked okay for me. It fell a little bit flat at the end. It got a little bit contrived i um, really
0: liked the very ending though at the, the very at the ending.
1: ending see that's that that that's that's the scene that i'm talking about where oh, it, it like crosses that? the line from subtle quirky comedy to hollywood it doesn't matter if it makes sense let's just do it because it'll be funny for i a thought moment. it made perfect sense i i i disagree um, um, and
3: um, and we didn't mention him
2: earlier but alan, alan arkin, arkin. arkin yes oh, yep, yep. yeah he was my favorite part of that yep. of that movie his relationship with Abigail Breslin's mm-hmm. character. and Oh, yeah. And that was just... It was just fun. It was fun-loving. It was...
0: Or even his relationship with Greg Kinnear. just like, the love-hate kind of thing,
2: so... Yeah.
1: And I believe... Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Brian Cranston appear in this movie?
2: Mm-hmm. Briefly? He, he could very well have been one of the, the brief cameos. I don't remember, though.
1: I, I, I could have sworn. It's been a long time since I watched this, um, which is why I don't have more to say about it. Because, uh, again, a lot yes, of these movies... Yes, he, he is. Yes, that's, that's, that's what I thought. I remember, yeah. Seeing him going, and this was pre-Breaking Bad, so I remember seeing this going, oh, this is the Malcolm in the Middle guy.
3: Uh, actually, funny <laughs> enough, it is on the cast list on IMDb is Bryan Cranston, uh, two people I do not know, and then the next credit is na- name is Dean Norris, and it's pre-Breaking Bad. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: like, oh, they were in something together. That's it's a it's
2: Breaking Bad pe- prequel. Yes. Little known.
0: Yes. Brian Cranston was Greg Kinnear's boss. Now that I think about it, he's a guy on the other side of the phone.
1: Yeah, that sounds right. That no, sounds there right.
0: There you go. Perfect.
1: All right. Um, good. So yeah, so that's that's my number
3: six. Uh, my number six. I'll just mention because it comes up later. Uh, Children of Men. Mm.
0: That's a great movie. Um, we
1: will discuss that at length. Yes.
0: My number six uh, is Flags of Our Fathers. Now, this is one of two movies that came out uh, this year by director. Uh, Clint, gonna Eastwood. Say Clint Howard, Clint Eastwood, um, and um, about Ron the same. Howard's
1: brother, Ron Howard's brother, exactly. About <laughs> but the one uh, who's not the bad actor.
0: <laughs> about the same. It, it so two movies about the same. Well, kind of about the same battle um, in Japan um, at Iwo Jima, and. Uh, this one, this movie was about the raising of the flag after the battle, and then the other one, Letters from Iwo Jima, appropriately named, um, is about the Japanese side. And uh, yeah, and it, I didn't see that one. I said I was going to, but eesh, what can I say? I don't want to watch subtitles. What can I say? Um, but this one had uh, brilliant performances all around, uh, especially by surprisingly Ryan Philippe. Um, who is kind of the more? He was actually kind of quiet in this role, but he played it great. And then I want to say Adam Beach, um, as the uh, other guy, who is probably one of the most underrated actors of our generation. He needs more work, and uh, well, it may be... actually I think I looked in his IMDb. He does have a lot of work, but he needs more bigger roles, in my opinion. Um, and I'd be and I'd feel terrible if it's not Adam Beach, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh about the fallout that happened after that photo of them raising the flag and um it was kind of eye opening at how f- possibly of a false photo that was and uh yeah. I'd be very curious
1: to hear I haven't seen either of them, but uh I remember when it came out, everybody was saying, you know, flags are our fathers, this is this is an okay movie and then letters to Iwo Jima came out, or letters from Iwo Jima, I don't remember. Two yeah, of let, Letters from... Um, and everybody raved about it, and I'd be really yeah. curious to, to hear the compare and contrast. Um, I definitely want to see Letters from Iwo Jima, just Ken Watanabe is mm-hmm. an amazing actor, um, yeah. and I would, I'd like to see that one for him. Um, but I like Clint Eastwood as a director. I, 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 do. I don't know how I never saw either of these movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I would love to uh, watch, re-watch uh, Flags of War Fathers and then watch for the first time Letters uh, from Iwo Jima and just... Kind of see the same movie from a different perspective. Well, the same battle. But anyways, that's what I got. What do you got? Uh, number six. Did you talk about that, Kyle?
3: uh, a, uh it was Children of Men.
1: Oh, that's
0: right. You got some number six, Logan?
1: No, uh, that was a little bit of yeah, sunshine. A
3: little sunshine. Hey, yeah.
0: I'll just dive right yeah. into number five. Uh, thank you for smoking. You're welcome. Um, and so I'm just gonna mention just just briefly, um, just because it does appear higher on somebody else's list, and. Uh, I just okay, so I'm just gonna some, say something really quick here. Um, I it's about a lo- uh, lo- lobbyist for big tobacco, and uh, he's basically trying to raise his son and still be completely moral um, to him and not kind of make things corrupt. Um, but he's also very good at his job, and so um, I I thought the interesting part about this movie it's about smoking and all that and the big tobacco industry not once does anybody smoke in this entire movie no
3: you get a lot of the patches we might as well just talk about it now uh, yeah, you get a lot of the, the patches and stuff which ends up because uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, Aaron Arkin that's
0: right he gets kidnapped
3: uh, or Aaron Eckhart uh, sorry uh, is the main in, tobacco lobbyist um, Maria Bella is also in this movie. Yes, it's fantastic. Um, Who I think we've established needs more work.
0: And we already talked about that last time. We
3: did, but then I remembered that the Mummy Three exists. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's also it's hard to replace Rachel Weisz. So mm-hmm. in the exact same character, but uh, yeah, thank you, movie. thank you for smoking. Just really well told. Um Mm -hmm. and it's the the first Jason Reitman movie. that
0: he directed. That's right. Um, Men, men. Okay, I beat you all Uh, to it. Um, and then also got a great cameo by Sam Elliott, and I love a good Sam Elliott cameo. Um, Sam Elliott's fantastic. Also, a very brief um appearance by our buddy Adam Brody (laughs) makes a brief appearance. it's more than brief, isn't it? He? He's
3: in a couple scenes.
0: Yeah, a couple scenes, yeah. but he's not in the entire movie. Yeah. But either way, Adam Brody level. Yep. yep, exactly. He's my uh, bro. Yep.
3: Yeah. Uh, so my number five, and I think I'm the high man on this, is uh, Casino Royale. You are the high yep, man on this. That was
0: my number nine. Yep, that was also my number nine.
2: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Twinsies! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so
0: What's yeah, Casino thing Royale, thing? Uh, I think I'm
3: pretty much the high man on most of the Bond movies, right?
0: I really liked, uh, well, so did everybody else, Skyfall. Yeah. Yeah, Skyfall. Well,
3: yeah. I know. Shane hasn't seen any of them. Um,
1: <laughs> James Bond dies in every one. As I, as yes. I keep trying s- to
3: rectify and he just won't watch them with me.
2: Oh, boy. Uh, start
1: with Skyfall. That's a good no, one, to it's a start,
2: one to start with. It's a
3: terrible one
2: to start Guys. with. It's a terrible one to start with. Start with Pierce Brosnan's uh, the Ice Kingdom one. Mm-hmm. No, no. Is that what it's called. No, it's, you start. No, it's you, called Frozen. Yeah, you yeah. start
3: with actually. You start with this one. You start with Casino Royale. It was, yeah, it was it was a reboot, really. It was it was the first book. It was a reboot. Um, they're smart, and they had Martin Campbell, old direct, who directed uh, Goldeneye. Ah,
1: Okay. Yeah. I like so that.
3: he's he's very good at directing the first yeah of a Bond franchise is for that particular Bond. and Very then,
1: unique, though. Like, the way they did their action was kind of groundbreaking. And, you know, really, this is what popularized parkour, too. Because yeah, they had, yeah. you know, those action sequences early in the movie. Um, it, was, it was it was a very unique Bond film.
3: Yeah, and just Daniel Craig being, like, very much his breakout role. Like I said, I, lo- I loved Layer Cake Yep, a couple years
1: before. He was in Road to Perdition, which we touched on a while yep. back. Yes, we did. Um,
3: but this was his big you know, you are, you You are are a a made man in Hollywood
0: and around the world. Um, I will say one thing about the, uh, the poker scenes, Uh, a little unrealistic, um, where they have like royal flushes going up against full houses and like, I don't know. I just thought that was a little far fetched because you don't really see those, those hands ever, let alone in a high stakes poker game.
1: But the rest of the movie was a hundred percent realistic. Mm hmm. Other than exactly. the poker scenes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, but also in the in the poker scenes, like the crazy amount of good actors around that poker table
0: mm-hmm.
3: is you know is great. It's so good. Um you've got Daniel Craig, obviously, you've got Jeffrey Wright yes. as the CIA agent. It's Mads Mickelson, correct?
0: Mm-hmm. Is the, is the, is the chief. Kind of uh, cries blood. I love uh, when James Bond is ordering his drink, and it's kind of the origin of it. He's like, uh, I want a uh, dirty mart." I don't know what he... What does he say? A martini? What's, what's his yes. signature drink? Martini.
3: Well, I mean, it's a martini shaken, not stirred, but they actually go yes. back to the books. And instead of the Sean Connery, a martini shaken, not stirred, it's a martini with a lemon peel. Like, It's an actual... Complicated drink yes. that he orders that's supposed to be good. I don't know. I don't drink. Um, but it's like, yeah,
0: he always orders these weird cocktails but then in all the books. And then the, the bartender is like, what did you like? It shaken or stirred? And then James Bond is like, does it look like I give a damn? I'm like, yes, <laughs> that was awesome. So.
2: Yeah.
3: So then you're number five,
1: Logan. Yes, and we'll we'll get back to this later. My number five is The Departed. I know we all love this movie. We did. We'll talk about this more later on. And have you both done your number fives? And try jump to my yes. number four. Jump right yeah. to it. So my number four, and is this higher on either of your lists? Both. I'm doubting it. Both. Yeah. All right, never mind. We'll uh, we can skip that too. It's the uh, the Prestige. I will talk at length about this when we get back to it. Okay.
3: okay. Yep. And I'll I'll mention my number four uh, as well because it's Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. So your number four.
0: My number four is a movie I literally just watched yesterday. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It was a movie about 9/11, um, but it was the better one that came out this year. Um, it's called United 93. When this movie the first one
1: without Nicholas Cage, the one without Nicholas Cage
0: and Michael Peña. Um, and so when when this movie first came out back in 2006, I just thought, oh, here's here's another movie that's trying to capitalize off of 9/11. Didn't really want to support this movie um but then i saw the trailer and i'm like eh it looks fine it doesn't look bad but uh throughout the years i've real i've learned like uh oh, these uh like ha- most of the people in the air traffic controller um scenes were actually like the actual people who were there and they were playing themselves and uh it was um not a not a whole lot of name actors in in fact there's no name actors in this maybe there's one or two people who you might recognize from something else but not a whole lot and um it uh it's so so it's the thing is it's directed by paul green dress. um and so he um just starts this movie and does not stop until the end like it it is just a quick movie and it's very just intense throughout even the most mundane things like just just a casual weekday morning um and air traffic and controlling and everybody's just going about their business all of a sudden do up, uh
1: do you, do you want to tell people the name of the movie
0: I said United ninety three. Okay. Yes, yes yes yes. <laughs> and so um, in the air traffic controlling, there's a possible hijacking situation. I was like, "What? That doesn't sound right." It's been like uh, like ten years since one of those happened. And then uh, and then, sure enough, like the people are trying to communicate on the in the radar, and it's all from the perspective of the air traffic controllers of the first two planes crashing into the World Trade Centers, which is where Nicholas Cage was at the time. <laughs> and then um and so it's just by those their perspectives and it was brilliantly done because you don't get that perspective ever and then um and then it's cutting back back and forth to the situation going on on United 93 which is um I'm not spoiling anything because this actually happened um with a plane that went down in, in the field in Pennsylvania Uh, because the passengers banded together and there's some controversy for some reason um, revolving around what actually happened in 1993 throughout the movie you see they're communicating with their loved ones and uh and police and uh air traffic controllers on on the plane phones and everything and uh it was just so dang emotional and then sure enough of course, the ending hits you. You know what happens, but I still blubbered like a baby. I'm not ashamed to admit it.
1: Well, it's, it's an incredibly earnest movie. It yes. doesn't have to pull any punches. It doesn't have to over-dramatize anything, because mm-hmm. it's such a dramatic story just to begin yes. with, and it just, it tells it. It and lets it was the so, story happen. such a heroic story, too. I think too. not having any name actors in it was or integral, because right it just i saw world trade center too Mm -hmm. uh you know the oliver stone movie with nick cage and it was super distracting Mm -hmm. it would have been an okay movie if it had not had actors that you recognized in it it just felt irreverent yeah um in some way and maybe that's not fair i don't think that was the intention but united 93 works so much better because it just lets you pay attention to the story and the characters
3: exactly yeah
0: i i totally like that it lets you pay attention to what actually happened and they they definitely chose these quote-unquote non name actors um appropriately because dang were they all just tore at your heartstrings and uh it was so it was such a tasteful movie too like it wasn't trying to exploit 9-11 it was trying to tell the
2: story about these people who kind of took care of business they so weren't hitting you over the head with it like no i felt world trade center did right exactly. well it
1: wasn't it, it didn't politicize it yeah. it no. just told the story of what
0: happened And again like the first two planes hitting the building was told in the perspective of these air traffic controllers like they didn't try to glorify that at all and it was just it was very tasteful so yeah
1: yeah Yeah, and it just kind of cemented paul greengrass as a really great director Mm -hmm.
0: Um, and he's got a movie coming up next year that we're gonna yeah that's probably the best movie
1: and we'll get there
0: we will all right my number did you talk about number four
3: uh, I mentioned it because it was okay. Pan's Labyrinth.
0: Oh, that's right. Okay. Um, I'll just uh, mention my number three unless... Yep, it's because I'll just mention it here. The Departed. Now we're getting into the territory of... Uh, these are my favorite movies of all time. So. Yeah,
3: this, uh, yeah, this... Yeah, the, the, very, top,
1: the top three this. or four of this year are just yeah, 'cause because great. Yeah,
3: number, number four for me was, was uh, Pan's Labyrinth, and then number three was Thank You for Smoking. My top four
0: are... My top two are interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, Very my my top so. three were two. I kind of changed it around a little bit, but that's just me being petty. Should
1: we, should we just dive in and just start talking about these? Oh, uh, well, you got your number. Yeah, three so my to number three about. is Lucky Number Seven.
0: Oh, okay.
1: which I absolutely adore. I'm kind of surprised it didn't make either of your lists because I just often think that apart from Shane over there, this is one of the movies that I love more than anybody else who saw it. it I I really enjoyed it too. It is just it is it is sharp. It is incredibly well written. It's it's kind of a con movie, kind of a crime gangster movie um, with one of the most amazing casts you will ever see assembled on screen, Um, which you may not think. You look at it and you go, oh, that's Josh Hartnett, whatever. But it's also got Bruce Willis. It's also got Ben Kingsley. It's also got Morgan Freeman. It just is stunning, and it's an incredibly sharply written script. It is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, It is very funny. It is surprisingly emotional at times. Um. Even though I wouldn't say it's 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 a overly dramatic film, um, it's just it's a very unique movie. It's was it was not in the this. sort of movie that I would say this is like this or that. It is very much its own thing, which you don't get to say very yeah. often. It's yeah. Its it entity. is.
3: It is by far, um, even including the Kill Bill movies, Lucy lose. I was gonna like, say she was yep, great. Oh, she's
1: wonderful in this. The
0: quirky neighbor. This and is probably scene.
2: my second favorite movie of the year. Um, for this one, this is one of those movies that when I go into into films like this, I'm normally trying to guess what's what's happening throughout the whole thing because they don't draw me in enough to not try to guess. And this one, I was surprised by some of the twists because I wasn't even thinking about mm-hmm. it. I wasn't even trying to figure things out, which I normally do because but I was so drawn sense into the story. When you get that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, very they much fit so. Perfectly. The comedy fit in well. Uh, I mean. Hartnett, I think, is a very underrated actor, Agreed. and I think that he just was perfect for this role, and I mm-hmm. just expertly done. I, oh. I really love this movie. Yeah, oh, the
0: fact that he was
2: he spent half the movie in a towel. That yep. was hilarious. Yep. yep.
1: So. No, this is this is a kind of must see movie. If you have not seen it, um, yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah, I can't say enough. It, about
3: and then um, the the funny thing to me, uh, just the look of this movie. Uh, uh, paul mcgann or mcgee or however you pronounce his last name name um he he has such a visual style that even the first time i saw sherlock i was like oh that's his like i i know exactly who directed this because nice. <laughs> it had that same kind of visual style and the ridiculous wallpaper that he uses all the time <laughs> um, that's right and it's like oh that's
0: that's him <laughs> Good yeah stuff. so our top twos then our top twos me and kyle have the same one yep uh the prestige it is christopher nolan um at his best in my opinion and uh hugh jackman uh christian bale yeah, thank you. scarlett
1: johansson Scarlett, joe
0: yep yep it's good it's a good movie um, um oh and uh, what, what
1: what is her name uh piper
3: peribou's the no
1: not 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 her um who
0: plays the wife Christian Bale's wife
1: is somebody too and she's terrific I
0: can't remember I'll have to look it up Um, but yeah it's a movie about uh, two competing magicians and uh, very I don't know they take their art very seriously and it was brilliantly acted brilliantly directed Um, it has you on the edge of your seat the entire time it's another movie that keeps you guessing um, because it's about magic and is it magic is it something else and then uh, David Bowie makes a good uh, appearance in this movie as the Tesla best,
3: the best David Bowie
2: yep. perfect casting yeah
3: yep. yeah it's like yep okay <laughs> especially that entrance alone like yep. through the Tesla coils and it's like
2: okay yep. yeah nobody
3: else could do that no one else could do that at Bowie entrance all over
2: it exactly
1: um do you want to talk about it all Logan, or? I mean I, I, I absolutely adore this movie as I'm sure you know um it is one of Nolan's best I would agree um I don't know if it is the best I have a hard time picking. I have three or four of his movies that I love unreservedly. Um but it, it it's a fascinating movie about it's really about obsession to one's craft. Sure. Yeah. You know and and what you're willing to give up and revenge to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But you know what are you willing to sacrifice and give up to be the best at what you do? Um and it's 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 a tough movie. And this is a complaint a lot of people level at Nolan and it doesn't bother me particularly, but it's hard to find an entrance point because as you go along you realize you don't really like any of these characters. Really, you right. find yourself relating most to Michael Kane who yes. is the mentor character, but he's not a main character. The main characters are Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, who are both repugnant in different Very ways. Very unlikable, yeah. But yeah. fascinating, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Stealing from each other, you know, not only tricks, but women and... Everything, yeah. just life in general. Yeah, uh, this
2: is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Um, which I thought was going to be a controversial statement because I know how much you love him, so I wasn't sure where this would rank on your your Nolan list. But uh, this is this is my you. favorite one. This is him at his best. Also,
0: thought about you because I hear you don't like other Christopher yeah. Nolan. Movies. I'm
2: I'm not a big fan of his. Um, there's a lot of Nolan movies that I'm I'm fine with, mm-hmm. and there's some that I just I just don't like. But um, but this I I really like this one. This one would be a Either I, I wouldn't say it's a top two for me, but it would be a top five movie for me for this year. Yeah, sure. for me, it landed
1: um, at number four, um, and that's from somebody who loves almost everything Nolan does with mm-hmm. just a few exceptions. I was gonna
0: say it was that Never mind. Um. So yeah. Um. Let's move on. Number two, Logan.
1: Number two. So this brings me to Pan's Labyrinth. This is my yep. number two favorite movie of the year. Okay. Um. This is it's 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 a dark fairy tale is exactly yes. what this is. It's like if uh, Labyrinth was an R-rated film. Um, so it's Spanish language. Um, it's del Toro, Guillermo del Toro directing in his native tongue, which I think makes him so much better. Um, all of his English language movies are just a little bit weak. I don't think he can work with the actors as well. Um, and Pan's Labyrinth is, is terrific and flawlessly performed. Um, it's It's set, I, I want to say, in the 1920s. Yeah, it's
3: set um, uh, during World War One, Right.
1: Yep. Um, and, you know, it, it has to do with, you know, fairy tale creatures, dark, you know, weird creatures, but it also has to do with the Nazis. Um, dive in. What, what, yep. what do you guys love about this movie? Um,
2: this is my favorite movie of the year. Yep. This is, it's dark. It's beautiful. Like everything that all the costumes are fantastic and it's. There's in you know uh, Guillermo del Toro fashion, at least the early work, um, all done. A a lot of it done without CGI. A lot of it done with costumes. Uh, Doug Jones is playing everything like he does. Yep. um, And he's always great. Um, He's somebody that everybody has seen, but nobody knows who he is. Yeah. And he's wonderful.
3: I keep seeing all these articles pop up of like, oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's like hidden secret, like Doug Jones. Like, yeah have you not like this has been like since like 2002 they've been working together it's like yeah he's how did you not know about this but yeah doug jones is amazing uh guillermo Novero uh is his director of photography and it's just shot so beautifully
0: oh okay um good Movie. Um, <laughs>
1: I would say his best
0: movie. Okay, yeah. Um,
1: I'm not a huge Del Toro fan. I enjoy a lot of his work. It's fun. This is the only movie of his that I've seen where I go, "This is an all time great film." Yes, this is amazing. Um, and it actually, I'm really excited. So, you know, coming out very soon here this year is The Shape of Water, which he's directing, which looks to me like a Pan's Labyrinth esque sort of film. Yeah, it, return to form kind it, of. Yeah. Yes. yes, I'm, I'm very, very hopeful that this is going to be a terrific
0: Ain't film. No as well intended. Because of the shape of wonder. Yeah.
1: Oh. And we should probably, since we're up here, uh, should we talk about the Departed? Yes. Yes.
3: I was going to say, and my number one, um, probably unsurprisingly, if you know me, uh, this year was the Departed. The Departed. Uh, it was my my deep dive into Martin Scorsese.
0: Me too. Uh, this it, is the first Martin Scorsese movie that I've seen about 20 or 30 times. Um, yeah. Because, again, this movie came out at the same time that I was in college. with HBO, blah, blah, blah. I already told that story. Yeah. So this movie, every, every time it was on, no matter where it was, I would turn it on and just watch it from where it is. Because... Every character is great, even the small ones. Yeah. So good, mm-hmm. you know. Even Alec Baldwin, who I'm not really a huge Alec, fan of.
3: Alec Baldwin's fantastic. fantastic. Mark Wahlberg is
0: Patriot. hilarious
3: Patriot. in this Patriot. movie. It's my favorite Mark Wahlberg performance, yes. and he like even though he's barely in it, he gets nominated <laughs> for a best supporting actor yeah. for this. And is like, yeah, okay, I get it. Because all of his lines. And they're not brilliant. even the
1: main characters. We're not even talking about DiCaprio no, and
3: yeah, Damon. Like Dica- yeah, yeah. I was like, I was going to get to that. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. And his in, last movie. Well,
0: oh no, actually not his last movie, but because Bucket List was his last movie. <laughs> I was
2: yeah.
3: really
1: hoping you were going <laughs> to say the Bucket List. <laughs>
3: okay, his last good movie, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's very much. And isn't it actually, if I'm remembering correctly, it's actually the first time Nicholson and Scorsese work together.
0: I think that's true.
3: Uh, at least on a major form.
0: Did no Scorsese had nothing to do with Chinatown did he?
3: No, no, I don't think so. No okay. cuz yeah he cuz originally unsurprisingly uh that uh Jack Nicholson's role was originally pitched to Robert De Niro of course like I said unsurprisingly given by Scorsese uh and De Niro couldn't do it cuz of scheduling conflicts He would have been good too but He would have been good but it's it's but that that's Nicholson's role
0: It's Nicholson's role cuz it's it's he makes it his own Yes he makes a very unique um, he makes a very convincing mob boss who's just kind of unhinged and uh well not kind of very unhinged very unhinged and, uh and Matt Damon with his performance and I pretty much love most of what Matt Damon comes out with and leo um and uh both of them just knocking out of the park um sure. as two similar characters who, who come from the same, cut from the same cloth, but yeah, uh, just down, Yeah, they're very different.
3: much, the, that old phrase of they're two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. like they're very much, you know, one is, you know, this cop that is sneaking into the gangster world old mm-hmm. and, um, and undercover in the gangster world but nobody knows he's a cop right. and then and you've know. got Damon Matt, Damon Matt Damon as pretty much full on a gangster yeah. but was, masquerading as a cop masquerading as a, as a cop. cop exactly um, and
0: that's established yeah. very early on in the they, movie yeah that's so. very early on so and that's probably the first second scene so
3: yeah uh, but and uh, this was actually my introduction to my favorite band the Dropkick <laughs> Murphys
0: yeah uh, Oh, I love I love how they played with the songs, too, because like in the in the beginning, first of all, the opening credit, quote unquote, doesn't appear until like 40 minutes into the movie (laughs) during the Dropkick (laughs) Murphy song. And they're blasting it on the uh, in the movie. And then all of a sudden, like the there's two like just kind of henchmen walking up to a, a house and then they knock on the door. And then they the old woman opens the door, and then the movie, and then the music immediately cuts off and yeah. goes into the lines. I'm like, that yeah, they was yeah they brilliant. do that,
3: and they do that a couple times. Yeah, with the mm-hmm. door shut, with the when they're running or driving down the highway, yep. and then he shuts the cell phone. That's when the music cuts out. Mm-hmm. It's like
0: yeah, little fun, little editing tricks like that. And then the shootout at the end with the pausing of the camera that was clever too. Yep. So. Yeah, those those Scorsese still frames
2: frames, Mm -hmm. I'll just add that it's also a top five of mine and I loved it but I think you guys hit on all all the really good spots so I really like
3: the movie it's it's,
1: yeah and as both of you mentioned it's very rewatchable yes Um, Yes, despite being a a kind of bleak movie and I don't think anybody mentioned so it's got um Vera Ferminga in it she's yeah terrific yes. too oh, yeah. and very underappreciated yes. I think agreed and, um she's and, a and wonderful actress
3: it the movie would not be the same and this was before I started watching the West Wing uh but that movie would not be the same without Martin Sheen
2: oh yes yeah yes. because
3: him as the as the police ca-
0: uh Commissioner, whatever. I love him and uh, Mark so Wahlberg's uh, relationship. Just Mark Wahlberg is completely loose and just loose with the mouth and just kind of angry all the time. And then he's just sitting there like, "Come on, calm down, yep. blah blah Come blah." Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. So then, and, uh, and,
3: and uh, the one little Martin Sheen thing, just the on in on the rooftop <laughs> when he's like, "Where's your boy?" Uh, he's in Notre Dame. Of course, yeah. you get a no- Notre Dame reference. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Um, but yeah, your guys is, uh, you guys both had the same number one. Yes, we do.
1: Uh, Children of Men. Children of Men. Uh, near Flawless Movie. Yep, directed by Alfonso Cuaron. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to start. The, this movie kind of blindsided me. Yeah. Um, it's science fiction Type kind of ish. Yeah. Dis- slightly dystopic future. I don't Very even know what exactly future. to call it. Um, uh, it's it's set in the near future where uh humankind has stopped uh, kind of lost the ability mysteriously to reproduce you mm -hmm. know children aren't being born anymore and you know as as extinction of the species looms the world has fallen into you know disarray you know there are riots and yeah
0: the movie starts off with a bang literally (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was totally unexpected there's just a whole lot of unexpected brilliant moments in this movie um which are, uh, there were three or four or five, or actually most of the movie was shot in one single shot, which is something Alfonso Cuaron is, will revisit later on in well, his career. And
1: specifically one notorious yeah. long scene. The
0: last scene is amazing because of how long it is, how much is going on in that specific scene, not only with actors and where everybody should be and what they should be saying at one time, but explosions going on and uh, going in and out of buildings, and it was... Jaw droppingly beautiful. Yeah, that
3: was like I, I mentioned earlier with Pan's Labyrinth how beautiful that movie mm-hmm. is and how beautiful the cinematography is. Mm-hmm. Pan's Labyrinth is what won the best cinematography best achievement in cinematography Oscar. It was the one time that as much as I love Guillermo Novero, it's like nah he didn't deserve it. The children guys who shot hands yeah, uh, yes. or guys who shot children and men deserve that. And you, looking forward, you, you see all the things that they innovated in that movie mm-hmm. uh, that are being used extensively now.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also. Uh, well, I was going to say this is one of two performance, brilliant, great performances by uh, Clive Owen um, this year. Who
1: really, I mean, this year happened, and you see this guy just explode, and mm-hmm. he's terrific in these movies. Yeah. And you go, this guy's going to be a huge deal. And now where is he?
2: He just falls off the map, it seems. I don't know if it was him taking uh, roles that didn't work for him. Because he did take some. I mean, he had, had King Arthur. Was it King Arthur? That, yeah, he he King did King Arthur. Arthur. That was, I think, before was this. Was that before this I one, think, though? Yeah. Yeah. But just some roles that just didn't really work with him as an actor. And then he just completely fell off, it seems. like yeah, I know he's now, still doing things. Yeah, but, he's, he's
3: doing a, a TV show on... Um, Showtime or Stars, I believe, called the neck. Yep, which is apparently very good, and he's very good in it. Uh, but yeah, but no, I thought was he was going to be a,
1: a huge actor for years to come, and yeah, mm-hmm. he's kind of vanished. And then, but this movie, this movie has an amazing cast. So he's yes. the headliner. You've yep. got Julianne Moore, She's who's great. always great. Mm-hmm. You have Michael Caine again. Yep, who's always <laughs> great and very funny in this role. Um, and then you have one of my favorites, who. I wish got more headlining roles. He often plays side characters or villains. Chwetal Igiifer. He's He's uh, is, finally coming to he, the he's surface. He's getting there, but he still plays sidekicks or villains. He's in the he's MCU. Incredible, cool. and he should be. He should be starring in more sure. roles. Absolutely. Um, yes. Absolutely.
0: Um, something that was uh, just brought to my attention recently: this movie is shot. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Entirely from his, from Clive Owen's perspective. Um, there are things that happen from Clive Owen's perspective that other directors would have gone in and actually showed it showed the events close up or cut away and did a whole bunch of editing. but like there are um, there's a scene in mind in the middle of it um, that you see something happening and you just kind of assume what's going on and then it happens and you're like, oh yeah, that's kind of exactly what I thought um, which is kind of brilliant that this is a sh- uh, movie shown like shot completely from one character's perspective about what's going on in this world um but yeah enough good things cannot be said about this it is a near perfect movie um and i might even in a few months or years revisit that and uh maybe take out the near perfect um and just say perfect movie because it's,
1: it's in my top 20 of all time for sure
0: and i completely get why and uh it took me a long time to see this movie um because when it first came out, it seemed very bleak, uh, not my kind of style of movie. But I've heard through the grapevine that it's just one of the best movies of all time, and I totally get why. And it just might crack my top fifty. Um, oh, it did! It definitely cracked my top fifty. It might crack my top twenty if we're uh, and, if we're lucky.
1: And Alfonso Cuarón is one of those directors who he just does not make movies often enough, but when he does, they are gems. Yeah, and you see why because uh, it you know, he did a lot of he did effort. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, mm-hmm. which was the best Harry Potter movie. Then he did this. Which is so good. Then, how many years was it between this and Gravity? It was so long.
3: It was a long time. It was like a decade
1: between those movies. Was
3: Gravity
0: his next movie after
3: that?
1: I think so. Yeah,
3: Gravity was his next movie. Because that was 2015. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. It was about nine years. Tragic.
2: Bummer. I'd like to say that I, you know, just did this whole episode with you and Gabe didn't try to reenact a single scene and I'm very upset.
0: Um, Let me try to reenact um, a scene. All right. Thank you all uh, for being with
1: us. Uh, This was Be Kind Rewind, and we'll see you next year. See you next, y'all.